Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Susty Talks, ED's short but sweet one-on-one interviews with sustainability and energy leaders from across the world. Um, we've been running these since early 2020. It was lockdown here in the UK where I'm based in an attempt to keep everyone a bit more connected and informed during that time. Um, and it's proven so popular that we're continuing now. Um, great to have on the line with me for this episode, Sebastian Pellion, who is the Global Head of Impact and Sustainability at Glovo. So thank you very much for your time. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Sarah, for for inviting me to speak today. No, thank you for hopping on. Whereabouts are you dialing in from? Because I, I understand the business is based out of Spain. Exactly. So I'm, I'm actually based in, in Barcelona. That's where... Uh, Global is headquartered. Yeah, and I guess for those that are not familiar with the business, it'd be great to start um, to start with an introduction, please. Yeah, so Global is a multi-category delivery app. So we deliver anything. Our vision is to deliver anything to anyone in the cities where we operate. And Global is operating in 25 countries across Europe, um, the Balkans, Central Asia, and and Africa. So we can deliver anything. It can be food, it can be groceries, it can be your clothes, it can be your keys that you forgot at home. So basically anything. And it's been created in 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 2015 and in in Spain, in Catalonia, in in Barcelona. Got it. And I know that rapid deliveries are becoming super popular, and these multi-category deliveries are yeah increasingly popular. You keep seeing them advertised. Um, but we also know that people do care about the emissions related to getting speedy deliveries, especially during COVID when we were ordering everything, really, when stores were were closed. We maybe thought about the carbon impact of all of those piles of, of packages. Um, so what is Globo doing um, in regards to low emission delivery and climate action? Yeah, I think speed is not the only reason why... Um, we generate carbon emissions, right? And there's a, a series of factors that you need to take into account to calculate really what's the climate impact of, of a logistics company. And in our case, what we did was very early, very early in 2019, we started calculating the carbon footprint, right? So we identified what are the different sources of emissions across the entire value chain of, of Global from the production of the of the products that we sell on the marketplace to the consumption, right? And we detected three main three main sources of emissions. The first one is, of course, the the fleet of vehicle, so the emissions from the the delivery, and and you know it, it's not related to the speed, but rather to the mix of vehicle you have in the fleet, no? the the different types of vehicles that you have. So that's, that's the first sources of emission. It's about 42% of global's carbon footprint. And the second source of emissions is actually packaging, no? the, the single-use packaging, which is used by merchants, by restaurants, by shops to, to pack their products and to deliver them through, through the marketplace. And the third one is food waste from, from retail to the consumer. And in 2019, when it, we defined these, these, the boundaries of our carbon footprint, we put in place an action plan to reduce these emissions. And in a little bit later, we, we define what we call a science-based target. So it's, it's a target to reduce emissions in line with the Paris Agreement ambition to maintain global warming below 1.5 degrees. Right? So we define a science-based target to reduce these three sources of emissions. And we've been working on it since then. 
So both on reducing emissions from the fleet, from packaging and from food waste. And it's when, when so to go back to your question about speed, right? Um, so I mentioned it, it rather depend on the mix of vehicles in the, in the fleet. So the application marketplaces like Glovo, we connect couriers with restaurants and with customers, right? And, and there is about, today there is about 70,000 couriers that are delivering products from the marketplace. And these couriers, they can use bicycles, they can use motorbikes, they can, they can, use, they can use cars. Their vehicles can be electric and, or can be fossil fuel powered, depend on the country uh, as well, right? There is a lot, lots of differences between the different countries and regions. So what we're doing is incentivizing couriers to use low carbon vehicles. So bicycles and more and more, we're incentivizing the use of electric motorbikes, electric bicycles. So maintaining a good speed because it's important for us as a, uh, as a marketplace to maintain good efficiency, good speed. That's one of the major preoccupation of our customer that the food or the product delivers to be delivered quickly, but in, in, in a sustainable way. That's one thing. And another thing, another thing we're working on is increasing um, efficiency. So making sure that we reduce the, tr the distance which is traveled by the courier. If you reduce the distance, you reduce the, em the emissions as well, the emissions associated to traveling more kilometers, right? So what we launched a couple of years ago is called bundling. It's about you know uh, delivering several orders doing the same route. So the same courier is going to deliver different different orders to different customers in the same route. That would make sense. And I did want to come back to the other sources of emissions you mentioned, and you mentioned um, food waste as a as a major one in in Europe and in the UK where I'm at, a lot of that waste occurs like when the consumer has it or when the retailer has it as as well. So clearly companies like yours have a role to play in that. So I wanted to get your your experience on what, what you're up to. I understand that there's a partnership going on um, about access and redistribution and how you can not only help to fight food waste, but look at um, accessibility of essentials as well. Yeah. So if you look at food waste and the and the value chain of food waste, you have and I was I was looking at numbers. Uh, you have about fourteen percent of um, food which is wasted between post post harvesting and retail. So basically, from the production of crops until the distribution of of these products to to the retailers, right? And then you have. 17% of the food which is wasted between the retail and the consumer. So basically this 17% of food wasted, we have a role to play because we touch these different, these different points in the value chain. No? We're in contact with the retailers, uh, the merchants, the restaurants, the supermarkets, and we're in contact with the customers. So in both cases, we believe as a platform, as a marketplace, connecting these actors, we, we have a role to play. The first thing that we did was to try to reduce food waste. Um, and we started with our own supermarkets. Global owns its own supermarkets. We, we call them micro-fulfillment centers. These are very small supermarkets that are located in central points in the city where we operate. And here we manage the inventory of products. We, we buy the products directly to suppliers and we sell them. Um, and at our micro-fulfillment center, what we decided to do is first to put in place best-in-class 
processes to manage the inventory of products. And then if, and, and to build, build the capabilities to detect uh, short dated products, right? Products that are about to expire. Um, so we can put them a discount and sell them more, more rapidly on the market before, um, before they expire. So that was the, the first thing. And we call this process food rescue. No? It's, it's about identifying short dated products and selling them with a discount. The second thing that we've been doing, and this, this, this has started during COVID actually, um, is, is a program called Global Access. And Global Access, you mentioned it in your, in your intro. Global Access is a program which aims at delivering food to NGOs, to vulnerable families. And most of the time, what we're doing is capturing food surplus from supermarkets, from restaurants, um, and delivering this food surplus to NGOs so they can then redistribute this food to their beneficiaries. So Global Access is a, is a logistics program. It's a free logistics program. Any NGO, any, NGO, any food bank, any association can use Global's logistics for free. Um, and if it's, if, if it's to deliver, if it's to collect food surplus donations or if it's to deliver it to, to vulnerable families, vulnerable uh, people. And uh, so we, we, we started this program during COVID because during this time, NGOs, food banks, they didn't have any volunteers um, to, to, to help distribute food. And, and people, vulnerable people were stuck at home or were stuck, you know, they couldn't even go to food banks. Um, so organically, we kind of created this program and, and, and because we identified it was very relevant and it was very useful for, for the society, we decided to maintain it over time. So until now, we've been delivering about 3 million meals uh, through Global Access since we started it. And, and one major project that we've launched uh, a year ago is, is what we called our Solidarity Delivery Centers. So these Solidarity Delivery Centers are physical centers that are located in, in for, for the moment in two cities, in Madrid and Barcelona in Spain. Um, and, and they work as... Uh, micro fulfillment centers as you know supermarkets, but they have a social a social purpose. So what we're doing is collecting food surplus from restaurants, from food banks, from supermarkets, centralizing this food surplus in these solidarity delivery centers, and in these centers then we prepare food baskets that are delivered to vulnerable people. So what we do here is consolidation, not consolidating different sources of food surplus to create food packs that have the dietary requirements that are good for the health of, of vulnerable people. And we're partnering with an NGO, which is called the Fondacion Altius in Spain, which is actually operating the centers with us. So it's not only Glovo operating these, uh, these centers, but it's Glovo with uh, an NGO. And our dream by doing that is basically to cut, you know, anger lines. We want to digitalize um, food assistance, no? Make it uh, make it digital to avoid to have people, you know, coming physically to these centers and uh, and sometimes creating, you know, these anger lines in the city. We want to give back time to people, to vulnerable people, so they can focus on more, you know, rewarding uh, tasks like, you know, uh, training, finding a, finding a job, things that really have value for them, and 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 definitely not not you know spending time uh, picking up food. So yeah, and, and so we delivered about 3 million meals and, and this enabled to save uh, about a thousand tons of, of food waste. So by doing that, by, by, enab by enabling our logistics 
distribute food surplus to to NGOs and vulnerable families, that's 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 for us a powerful way as well to reduce our carbon footprint. And we have we have decided to put these logistics at the service of our partners and the merchants as well. So supermarkets, restaurants, they can use global logistics if they if they generate food surplus to deliver it to to NGOs as well. That's great. That really sounds like a win-win situation. Um, exactly, social, environmental, and economic as well, right? Because for restaurants, um, there is, you know, it's it's a big challenge to to avoid uh, to avoid the generate the generation of food waste from an economic perspective as well, right? Reduce it, it reduce uh, losses, and also there is more and more regulations that are obliging and forcing restaurants to have like a a, a plan, an integral plan to manage properly the food waste. So using global access can be a tool for them to actually uh, comply with these regulations and optimize the way that the business is working. And I wanted to come back to those pressures that we've, we've mentioned. So while it's obviously great for big businesses to have better rules about carbon and food waste, um, we often hear for, from small businesses, and you've mentioned like those micro supermarkets, those family restaurants who really want to do this, but probably don't have the expertise in time, they're strapped for cash, um, they probably don't have an expert in-house. Their experts are probably in food and drink rather than in carbon measurement and food waste calculations. Um, so I wanted to get your view on how businesses like yours, which bring together that network, can enable knowledge sharing and help these businesses learn more and be supported more about environmental sustainability. Yeah, so we, we really believe that we have a role to play as a platform, as a marketplace now, to help small local businesses First to grow, uh, and and that's that's the main objective of of, of global. No, that's that's uh, that's to digitalize small local businesses. Um, and they can, you know, by by using global, they can reach new neighborhoods, they can reach new customers, um, and, and they can grow online. It's a new it's a new uh, channel for them. But we also have the responsibility to make sure that this growth is is sustainable. Um, so we we develop different solutions. No, I, I just mentioned global access. Global access is a solution that businesses, small local businesses, can use to manage their food waste. And we already operate like we we already already working with many small local businesses that are using global access to deliver their food their food surplus. Um, another topic where we believe we have a, a very important role to play is. Uh, Packaging, the use of, of packaging by small local businesses, no, because if if these businesses start delivering online, they they're gonna use packaging, yes or yes, no. That's 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 a necessity. So what we decided to do was to create a, a website which is a marketplace where we sell different types of green packaging to small local businesses. I say small local businesses because the bigger ones, the the big chains. As you said, no, they already have resources, they already have are, are changing their habits, and many of them are, are start, have the resources to start using more sustainable options for packaging. But with, when it comes to small, small local businesses, they don't have time, resources, uh, expertise to understand what's the best options for them, uh, to do the, the, you know, the benchmark analysis. So what we did was creating this website where we sell uh, sustainable packaging options. To, to small local businesses. And that's an example, I believe, of knowledge sharing and, and using or leveraging our platform effect, no? Because what why is this interesting is that obviously if we 
if we sell as global packaging to thousands of small local businesses, prices are going to be more affordable uh, than in the case where a small local business alone is going to buy sustainable packaging. No, it's, it's basically using our platform effect uh, to generate economies of scale. And since we created this, this e-commerce, uh, the global store, uh, we sold about 5 million units of, of sustainable packaging. So sustainable for us is you know, packaging which is made of, of carton, paper, uh, bagasse. So packaging which is either re recyclable or uh, compostable. So we exclude plastic, obviously, from, from that. And that's, I think that's, I believe that's the priority, right? Ex helping small local businesses to phase out the use of plastic single-use packaging. Um, this is the priority. Um, and that's, that's, that's why, you know, we've, we've been focusing on that since 2019 as well. And, you know, more and more, the, the more we, the more we grow, the more information we start sharing and, and the, the more we build our capacity to influence this ecosystem of small local businesses and provide them with tools like global access, like the global store where we sell sustainable packaging. And in the future, we want to keep, you know, pioneer in, 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 in the way we, we, we provide assistance and support and guidance to small local businesses to grow in a sustainable way. Great. So we've spoken loads there about what can be done to help, you know, in the business to business sense, what can be done to support delivery drivers. But I'm also super interested in the consumer communications piece because, yeah, we see adverts for these sort of services go right. We see them go wrong. Some people say their customers want lots of environmental information. Others say they don't have the time. Um, so how is how is your team communicating the work that Glovo is doing that we've talked about to shoppers, to people that are are getting their deliveries? So it's a, it's a, it's a good point. We 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 see more and more it's a customer facing environmental information in in digital companies in apps, and we believe we need to be quite quite prudent and quite cautious about that and and humble as well. Um, I mentioned that we we started calculating our carbon footprint in 2019. We started working on different um, reduction plans for packaging, for food waste, for transportation. And in four years of work, we believe we've been building the foundations, right, to 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 reduce our emissions. And the the focus was first on our operations, no things that the customer doesn't see in the app. No, the, the the vehicle mix, for instance, or you know the packaging which is used by the small local businesses. The customer sees that when he receives the order, but he doesn't see it in the app, right? Um, but you know, it's been a choice for the beginning from from the beginning not to focus on uh, customer facing uh, features, but focusing on foundations on changing operations to make sure that you know the more we grow. Um, we do it in a sustainable way. That being said, um, it's it's the next phase, let's say, uh, to to start communicating that um, better and with uh, with more frequency to our customers. So I'll take an example. When it comes to sustainable packaging, about a year ago we started to um, create uh, in the app a specific category in some cities, in eight cities where we operate, we created a, a banner where we include uh, partners 
that are using sustainable packaging. So partners that we know are using sustainable packaging because they buy it from Global, for instance, or by, because we have audited them and we know that the packaging that they're using is, is green and, and sustainable. The, the complexity of, of this kind of customer facing feature is that you need to have relevant, reliable information. Right? You need to make sure that the restaurants or the shops are actually using sustainable packaging. That's the major challenge, right? Um, and that's what we're working on. But what we want to do is, is, is not penalizing the businesses that are using unsustainable options, but rather um, incentivizing the ones that are sustainable by giving them more visibility in the app. No? So through this, this example of this new category can be through uh, the filtering experience. You know that uh, apps like Glovo, we have different filters to access different freezing type. And, and this is also a way for us uh, to direct customers towards some specific types of food uh, that are more sustainable, for instance, of, or sustainable or, or, to, or to sustainable packaging. One big, you know, one big um, challenge and hope that we have is in the future to be able to use AI uh, to enrich to enrich product information. No? Imagine you uh, you can you can uh, include information about um, the ingredients that are used to produce the meal, where they're coming from. You know, you could have a series of attributes that today they're impossible to to include in 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 the menu because there are like millions and millions of references and global. Uh, is not is not cooking them. No, it's 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 the it's the restaurant that has the, this information. Uh, but leveraging uh, AI, we we could potentially based on photos, based on the number the, the the names of the meals, we could we could then take some some really good assumptions on 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 uh, whether or not you know what what whether or not the food is uh, sustainable or healthy or you know we could we could um, fine tune a lot better. Um, the attributes of, of the food, um, and 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 that could could enable us in the future to nudge, no, to nudge users towards certain types of of food. Um, obviously, this is just just the very beginning. So for the moment, what we're doing is working on packaging and and, and trying to uh, give more visibility to these partners that are using sustainable packaging. So to nudge uh, customers, uh, so they. Um, they choose in priority these restaurants or these supermarkets. I'm sure that's an exciting time. I understand that you'd want to get your own house in order and get that baseline done before really looking into those super exciting tech options for filtering and comms. So I look forward to catching up with you about that in the future, hopefully, Sebastian. But for now, we're nearly out of time for this episode of Edie's Susty Talk. So thank you so much for your time and for all your insight. Thank you very much, Sarah. It was a pleasure.